0: The best advice I got from my best friend's sister was someone can say something, say something to you within like five seconds, like like all gays need to die, for example. And you can keep that and that can keep playing in your brain over and over and over again and that can like literally destroy you. Or you can see it as that person has taken five seconds out of their day to cuss you out or say something, or do something, it's literally five seconds. that like They've now forgotten that. They've moved on with their time. You also can do that same thing. So now what I do is when someone is passive-aggressive or rude or homophobic, whatever it may be, I just see it as, wow, you've wasted five seconds of your time. Bye. You know? So it's kind of like, take it into one ear and put it in the other. And I strongly believe that, like, that saying has helped me so much, especially when it comes to like being in drag on the tube and stuff, and someone can say something or oh, look at you and laugh. I don't, to me now, that doesn't affect me.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to Tie with Rye. Hi, I'm your host, Rai, and if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you love this podcast and are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you stream your podcasts from, if you could do me a kind favor and make sure to rate the podcast on whichever platform you're listening it on. It organically grows the show, connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before and puts the podcast in top list for all the streaming sites. As well, feel free, and I encourage you to tag us whilst you listen to this on the TikToks, in the twitters the flitters the gram the pinterest it's back y'all and as i always say all of this overall just shares the love <laughs> on the show today we have the crush of my dreams the ever sexual and beyond anthony aka poly illusion who is a sexually regal performance artist host dancer drag queen and full-on sex i'm joking but i'm not though Miss Bolly and I, or Anthony as I know them, have known each other for more than a minute and have enjoyed several deep, meaningful conversations. So it was about time that I have them on the show, even though... I've been trying for a long time, y'all, but schedules, because someone is always booked. But before I get into what we talk about, let me talk about some credits for our guests. They have performed and curated shows for The Glory, The Hoxton, Glastonbury, London Queer Fashion Show, Manchester Pride 2019, The Chateau, Roundhouse, Pussy Palace, Birmingham Pride, won the Lip Sync 1000, worked for artists such as Mick Jagger, Joy Crooks, Priya Ragu, Mawan Rizwan, and featured in campaigns for Levi's, and Rimmel, London Folk Italia, to name a few. And on to the conversations we had. Basically, basically, it was a gaffer. But we did talk about lots and lots of juicy things, such as Yahavaha, their film documentary, which premiered at BFI Flair, the world of Bharatanatyam and its impact whilst being non-binary and Catholic, the learning and unlearning and influences of that on gender, sexuality and self-creative work, the world of Bollywood advice and tips on curating shows and being self-employed, their personal journey, as I've mentioned before, on sex and their gender, the cabaret and performative space, thoughts on the South Asian queer scene and organizations communities such as the Pit and Peach. So this is a heavy loaded one with banter and a sexual voice. You, you will know what I mean by that once you hear Miss Illusion's voice. But I'm going to warm up my cup of chai. I urge you to do the same and let's dive in to today's episode.
0: We are changing chai with wine to embed with wine. Because I've just worked out.
1: Okay, Bali. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to wake you up even more because we start the show with playing a little rule game and we'll then get into deep questions. So are you ready? This game is called the five-second rule. Basically, you have five seconds to list three things. So like if I was to say say three ways of saying hello and I'll do five and you basically have five seconds to say three ways of saying hello. Should we do yeah. a chest run? Yeah? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm nervous. Yeah. It's okay. In five seconds, can you please list three things you cannot leave the house without? Go.
0: Lip gloss, keys, phone. Oyster. Oh, that's
1: good. more than that's more than three. You got it. You got it.
0: Sorry, I thought it was five. What did you No, no.
1: You got three things. You got to name three things. All so right. This is the real question now. For ten thousand pounds of House of Gryffindor, say Seven. three ways of saying I'm hungry. Go.
0: Nyan investing in the uh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Twice. I don't know any other. I don't know any other language. But the best thing that I said was you not know, investing in that which means I'm hungry in Manila. Say again, nan. Nyan Vashikin.
1: Nyan Vashikrin. Vashikinu. Vashikanu. Nyan Vashikunu. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> something like that. Kids learn it. All right. Third question. List three things you do before sleeping. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um uh... <laughs> What do you do before sleeping, Anthony? Just emacervate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I late, get it first.
1: You could say that. Wait, every oh, yes, night.
0: Every no, night. Not every night. That's why I was like, oh, God, no, it doesn't. But that just came to my head straight away.
1: Because
0: you did that if last night? I do, well, I tried to. No, no, last night I finished the shoot very late. It's when I'm in the mood, you know, you've got to be in the mood. I need energy. No, it is. I like to, I want to say meditate, but like I don't do it every night.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> meditate listen to something like mellow and chill, and then also just uh, think about on the and when I debrief with myself. I'm here for it.
1: I'm just pressing record on my audio thing because I didn't feel to. All right, last uh, last two questions, ready? List three songs. You did a beautiful campaign with Rimmer London and your co-ambassador Rita Ora was in there, yes? Correct? So yes. list three
0: songs by Rita Ora, go. <laughs> Oh, shit. Um, RIP, not one of them,
1: but sure.
0: RIP. And <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie yet. I know this sounds really bad, but ah. I'm not really a fan of her music. Don't do it. Don't do it. She's just, do you know what? We'll just yeah. edit this out. We'll edit this out. No, it's fine. We can keep it in there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to be honest. No, you know what? Yeah, she is She's a lovely girl. Very lovely, but I just don't think she has any substance to her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually think she has a nice voice. Mm-hmm. All right, last last question. In five seconds, name three other famous Anthony's other than yourself. Go.
0: Anthony Gonzalez, and con- that's what I know. <sighs> Anthony Hopkins. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Anthony Hopkins.
1: Don't you
0: worry. Oh yeah, well who was it? There?
1: I don't know. It's your name. You got to know somebody.
0: Well, you're meant to have the questions already there. No, that's already. not
1: true. I, well, how am I meant to know what you do before sleeping? How am I meant to know what you...
0: Right. Do you know what I mean? You know, you know me well enough now to know what I do before I sleep. That is true.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> how was your week, by the way. And you're having hot chocolate, but what are you going to do for the rest of the day?
0: Um, So the rest of the day, it's actually quite sunny. So I'm going to go for a cute little walk. Uh-huh. Um... I'm gonna read. I've been reading this book. What is it called again? Low. Um, the it's basically to do with the like the the underworld of Mumbai and the women who like are like bad bitches and they're like gangsters, basically. I actually forgot the name, which is so bad, but I'll probably read a bit of that and spend some time with my mum.
1: Oh. Because I never do. Oh well. When I yeah, that's no. true. Are you working during the weekend or you're not really?
0: Um no, I'm actually not doing anything this weekend. Oh. I'm meant to go to an event <laughs> Will I go? I will decide in a few hours
1: As in like you're meant to perform there Or you're just going there?
0: Well they want me to like put a look Basically But Not perform Okay Yeah Do you know what I mean? It's a bit confusing so, Are they paying you? Um,
1: oh They're just giving you free entry but
0: They give me free entry But the actual event is like um, I don't want to stay with the event It's just in case But I like I do not end up going And someone sees this And they're like you went there. But basically it's like a really big queer
1: oh, event. It does the does the last word of the event rhyme with a specific colour? Uh yes. Okay. It's- I got it. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We shan't name it, but yeah, I got it. Yeah. yeah
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> Cause we want to have good relationships. We want to
0: have good relationships with all people in their queer spaces. Well, yeah, it's you- just
1: in general in the world. Since we're talking about your family, you just had a film come out at the BFI. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh my Congratulations, God. congratulations. How does it feel to be a movie star?
0: It feels absolutely incredible. It's not like a reality, it's not like a film. It was actually like real life, you know. So it was it was more nice.
1: Well, let's talk about it. The project, aka the documentary, aka the film that we're talking about, is called Yahawaha. Mm-hmm. And it premiered at BFI Flare. It's a short film by NFTS and by Sarah. Uh, Sarah's last name is Lee or is it Lai? Sarah Lee. Yeah. Starring yourself and the DJ that is Almas, right? Yes. Almas Almas Badat. So talk to me, firstly, how you got approached by it. How was the process like? And you were very open in it. And I think one of my favorite things is which I talked to you when we were watching it at the flair and we came out was that how your family was a massive part of it yeah. and I think that was really beautiful to see especially knowing your story a little bit mm-hmm. of it having like a little glimpse of it so yeah talk to me about all those things
0: okay so how it started so it's kind of funny Sarah knows one of my good friends um a girl Dem, her name's girl Dem. shout out girl Dem. um they go to the same well they went to the same college university NFTS. Um, and I think Sarah was looking for specifically like queer people, queer, like South Asian. So she just reached out to Gardam, and Gardam gave Sarah my details. So we started talking, Sarah like debriefed me and what she wanted and to be honest, I was very like not strict with her, what's, what's the word where it's like I was very like com- confrontational, is that the word? like basically I gave her my expectations of what I wanted because what it is right is I've worked in the team before and they fucked me over completely so I didn't want to be in a situation or a place where I I wasn't running like I wasn't a part of the creative process or I wasn't you know allowed to give my feedback basically so with that being said like Sarah was so lovely she took it all on board she was like look Of course, whatever you want, like, I'm here for you. I want to be able to tell your story in the way that you want it to be shown to the rest of the world. And also, because we was working with, um, and as well, another artist, it wasn't just so solemnly on me and, like, my struggles and my achievements. But with that being said as well, it's very interesting because throughout this process, I think I realised how great I really was. I think I knew it. But like, I didn't really know until like, there was a moment as well in the process where she was like, the story's becoming a bit too queer in the sense of like, there needs to be, no, it it, does, it can't just be about, about you being queer in that sense, which made me realize, wow, my life, It's really effing, like, wow. Um, and then with my like family and stuff, at first, lol my mom was like, What do you mean? Like, you want me to be in it? She was kind of like adamant to not be in it. And now she's basically the star and she's here for it. So also for people that don't know what it is as well, it is a documentary about my life and me being like being brought up and grown in South or West London and kind of like talks about the struggles that my mum faces with me and my queerness and me being a drag queen, but also it like celebrates our like families and like my mom and Amas' mom, And like, it also celebrates our struggles. You know, it's not just seeing South Asians in a depressive light, but of being queer and artists it's showing like that we can have support. You know, our, our family do love us. Um, we, you know, we can create spaces and shows for other people of colour. And yeah, to celebrate uh, people of colour, basically.
1: Did Sarah know that she was getting two queer artists and that was the vision that she wanted to go towards? Or was that a kind of like inherent thing which kind of just happened organically? Also, it depicts your life in a very short time frame where you have curated a night, if I'm correct in saying that, and it follows that journey as well, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So did that well, play nice. into
1: it or did you guys plan around it? We
0: planned around it because the original, original, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but like the original, original like idea, which I don't know if it comes across in the film, was to talk about like the first, second, third generation of South Asians living in the UK. And then it, and then from that, it then kind of ravelled into our lives. But then with me as well, I'm not gonna lie my life is quite sky it's, it's like here there and everywhere it's not really planned to see where Alma is very planned like very different because she's very planned to see very organized I'm not so when it came to like filming and the the months of filming she was like what are you doing like what are you doing these months like where can we follow you, what can we do to, you know, to get your story a bit better. So during uh, the filming of the shows, like, they were already slotted in, and then Sarah came, and then I got, like, permission from all of the um, venues and stuff to, so that we could film there. So we did a show, we filmed at The Glory, we filmed, which is in East London, which is a queer pub. And then we filmed at Colour Talks which I had a show called The Q Park Variety Show, which I still do. People try and come to if you're watching and listening. Um, and then I actually also had a show in Birmingham where they came with me to Birmingham um, and filmed there. But because it was only a half an hour short dark, like that, not everything was able to be put in. So they didn't put the Birmingham show. But um, that was really cute as well because in Birmingham, I was with my other friend. But it was nice as well when I did go to Birmingham because I was able to see my friend um, who's also South Asian who also gave his views and opinions of being a queer South Asian which you know I think is really really cute and important but unfortunately the talk was about me. And so, didn't make
1: the cut sorry.
0: No sorry Amar if you're watching this too sorry. <laughs> <didn't> Question
1: <laughs> we've worked in the entertainment industry to be able to do like you know like reality stuff that you've said but to have something that was focused on you and specifically documentary based how was it just having the cameras around I know there's like some moments where you break the fourth wall and you talk straight to it but yeah how was that experience for you did you feel like you were on like made in Chelsea you know what I
0: mean not really I thought no do you know I was so focused like there were certain moments where like when I did like the the shots in Southall like when I was working in Southall that's when I felt like you know some big big celebrity because all these aunts and, and uncles are like what is happening here and oh also side note, I know but side note like a few weeks later yeah. after I finished filming that I went to get some glasses in Southall because you know that's what I do because you need to go to Southall to get glasses. but one of the women was like oh yeah I remember you from like walking that time I've got a video of you on my phone oh and now she, she gives me discount every time Which it's like it's a really iconic Frankie, but like, no, with the rest of it, like I, Sarah and her team were so good at just being invisible, you know? Um, I think the people that I was filming, like the people that I was in the room with during filming, like my friends and stuff, I think they felt more of like, oh my God, so fun than me. I think it's because I was seeing them so, so much more, more as well, like Sarah and her team, that they just became part of the venture. Age. in the, in, the best, in the best way. Yeah. So.
1: Well, we're going to talk about your family, drag and like all of those things, but I want to take it back because mm. <clears throat> prior to everything, you trained in Paratnatyam, if I'm correct in saying that.
0: Yeah, I did.
1: So, first question I want to ask is <clears throat> at what age did you do your Arangritam? And <laughs> no. oh, you haven't done it.
0: I haven't done it, no. Oh, <laughs> she's just she's just a lot. 'm a bun- nursing, I'm a trained by bun- nice girl without having but, I <laughs> do her but do you, do you
1: know, know anagetam. You yourself one can you call yourself one if you
0: haven't done the, the th- uh, yeah of course you can but just because well <clears> I mean <throat> I guess yeah these to their own but I have I always have and people around me always have but also the reason why I didn't do my get is because I literally had like six other teachers uh... so I learned from, like, um our, like, UK Malayali community group in Southall, like, back in the day, like, when I first started. So, that was when I was in, like, year seven. So, I don't know how old that is when you're in year seven. Like, 12? Yes. Yeah, that's 10? when I started. Or maybe even year six, actually. It's, like, year six up until, like, year ten so
1: is that quite old to be starting nothing because I know kids that start at like six or even like four. yeah
0: yeah yeah I think I mean to be honest I don't think there's like a right or wrong age I think if you start when you're younger like really and I think the reason why people start younger is so that your body's already trained to or, or you train your body sorry and it's easier to train your body to learn all these skillful skillful moves and gestures. you <laughs> Thank
1: <clears throat> who put you in paranathium? Was it mom or not? No, my
0: mom. Yeah, my mom like despised it. Like she didn't want me to do it. It was actually my uncle who was like, no, 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 like let him do it. It's a really good, like uh disciplined um thing to do. Like it's good to, for your body, basically.
1: Has anybody else in your family done it or in your household?
0: Yeah, so my cousin, uh, it was actually my cousin who I, like, I was inspired by my cousin because I saw she was doing it and she did it on the stage and I was like, oh my god, her outfit is amazing.
1: I want to talk about the mythology that is a Paratnatyam, and does that play into who you are today? Because having had some Paratnatyam artists on here, a lot of them sometimes disregard the the mythology that is taught in the storylines that you're meant to depict when you're performing. Um mm-hmm. and does that has that ever played into the work that you're doing today, either as an art form or either as a learning skill set, be it theoretical or performative? And <clears throat> Two, I asked when I had Maven from Akram on here or I had Ishita and they were talking about how and I've like knowing certain classical dancers, boys are meant to be a specific way. Girls are meant to be a specific way. But then there are some gurus that give different sections for both genders to do, which can be either like androgynous or more feminine. So how was your process in learning Pratnatyam obviously you talked about that you had six different teachers but did you ever struggle with the ideologies of it and were you supportive in that so yeah don't die don't die
0: um I think in the beginning yeah I was quite confused because like obviously it's based on the Hindu religion and my family are Catholic so uh when it when I had to like learn these stories, I think it was incredible to learn the stories, but I was so confused at the time. Now I reflect and I look back and I think it has a lot to do with my ancestors. And like, you know, for me, I have such a strong relationship with Hinduism. I'm not saying that I'm gonna convert and I'm now Hindu, but what I'm saying is that, you know, I, for some reason in my body, just strongly relate to the Hindu religion, especially being non-binary, as well myself, I do believe these demigods are in all of us. Um, And I think if it wasn't for um, Badanatiam, I don't think I would feel like how I am feeling, you know. And them stories kind of did help me at the time be who I am. But I think uh, when it comes to like, my teachers as well, it wasn't really about that. I think it was more about our lines and our structures of our bodies and, like, the hand gestures. It wasn't about telling a story. And I think maybe that's why I had no real reason as to why I really wanted to do my I didn't get them because we did a lot of semi-classical as well. There was a lot of fusion we would do. It was maybe, like, twice we did it. And then we did one performance in a temple, which was, like, amazing. But also, yeah, I preferred doing the whole semi-classical stuff because it was like, yeah, a fusion, it was a mix where you use all the stuff that you've learned in and you you switch it up with, like, a different
1: song, you know? How long did you do it for?
0: For, like, five years.
1: Five years? Yeah. Do you still train in it? Like, do you still do your morning...
0: No, I still... To be honest, yeah, I would would use it every now and then, like, I'll use the hand gestures and stuff like that. In my performances now do like but other than that like yeah like they love they love a little ala in a uh, a
1: which i can't sometimes do properly but i can yeah i can't i can do this i can do it's a good old simple one wait there's one that's double isn't it that one yeah i just can't do that one anymore that one takes me a while to do because this one always yeah.
0: yeah anyway
1: did you also, how comes you went into Bharatanatyam and you didn't do anything else? Because I always find it intriguing as an outside perspective. And I am just intrigued. And I asked this, do you know Saloni from Pagraf? I know.
0: Like, do you know, yeah, I do know Saloni? I've met a few times, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was intrigued with the fact that I was like, I don't understand why people don't cross over. Because I think within the South Asian, I hate the word diaspora, but South Asian community, there mm-hmm. is there are so many vast cultures right there's so many vast like skin tones and I always found it it, hopefully this is not a harsh statement but darker skin tone people doing Odyssey, Manipuri or Bharatanatyam and fairer skins doing Kathak always Mm -hmm. and I was like I, I never understood the the crossing of it or the significance of it until she explained to me that it comes regionally And if that is what you're exposed to, that is what you're exposed to. But I'm assuming at the age that you picked it up, you had an understanding of what other styles were and how comes you chose Pratnatyam. And what are your thoughts on, I personally find the classical community be sometimes quite gatekeepers and sometimes like elitist, sometimes Mm. also very expensive just to train in. It's not the cheapest thing. So yeah, thoughts on all of those things before we jump into Bollywood,
0: our favorite topic. Oh, Lord. I, yeah, I think with me, personally, the reason why I didn't cross over is I'm quite lazy. <laughs> um, and so I'm just like, you know what, I can't be asked. Like, I'm happy with this style. I liked watching Odyssey and there's like, I don't know what the name is it's so bad, but like, in Kerala, there's a specific dance form where the guy's in like green paint. I think I know
1: which one you're talking about, but I don't know the name. I've seen it in
0: films. I'm so not cultured. Oh, my God, cancel me. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, yeah, it says that form. And also, do you know what it is? I think I just enjoy watching performances sometimes. And I'd rather let them do it and me just stick in the drama, you know? Um, And I think also because I was training so much in Bagnatia and it was so strict, I kind of was just like, if this is strict or I'm going to be strict, I ain't got time for that. Like we used to get hit and there
1: oh like the um,
0: no it wasn't a cane it was like this like she had this wood thing right and obviously it wasn't like proper like yeah she beat you up, but she would like lightly tap you but even still like don't touch me <laughs> but when you're young you can't say anything ballet um,
1: teachers have that sometimes as well
0: yeah and I was gonna say with the eliteness I think it's like ballet you know you have a lot of ballet dancers who are like oh because you're already taught to like walk with your like you know your chest up high, and you know, all this malaki that you're proud. So of course you're gonna be walking around that you're proud and you own every single thing. So I get it, but also like, girl, like Mary from Chestnut ain't gonna know who you are, you know, you, know, you, can, you can sometimes you can cry if you want to. But um, yeah, no, I think it's also cute. It's important to have, you know, to walk with pride, but yeah, there's a time and place for all of that. And I'm just, I ain't got time for people's eliteness. We are all one, he and I. So um, what about unity, peace and love?
1: (laughs) All right. If, by the way, anybody, I need to get you in the recording studio and get you to do a voiceover reel because if there is one thing that you know is how much I love your voice. And how much I'm obsessed with your voice and how I don't understand why, A, you haven't gone into voiceover acting or ASMR
0: or like... It's very funny that you said that because, oh, I love ASMR, but no, it's funny you said the voice thing because I've actually been looking at a voice agency, like a thingy agency.
1: Do it, do it and Like, make a voice reel, it's not that bad. Like, you can even borrow this, or like, you can come here, or like, I can take you to a studio. In short, what oh are you in? My god, buy
0: me to your house,
1: oh my god, come over anytime.
0: Stop chatting with me, <laughs>
1: <laughs> never.
0: Let's talk about Bollywood.
1: Uh, okay, oh. right, so you're doing Perth Nathyam. How does one get into Bollywood? What other dance styles did you train in, and how did you meet uh, end up meeting? crew them peeps
0: yeah so it was the same cousin who was doing body she then basically she is actually my dance inspiration when you deep it but um she's one that was like doing bony and then when she went to uni she was like doing all this bollywood and they're all like ordering me like all my cousins so i was like what are you not doing Like what's going on here basically when i turned 18 she was like oh my dance troupe are uh, auditioning people but why don't you go check it out and I was a bit like um I'm 18 like I'm literally gonna go into uni I don't know if i want to do this went to audition so basically the uh, audition that I went to go to was a dance troupe called Flex, which is run by um Naz and for me that was the first time being in a troupe of like people that were older than me I was in my by the that I was in there was about like eight of us but I was the oldest, like, I was the oldest and only boy. So, like, I basically was a princess of, of that group. So already I was going into something that was, like, completely new and alien because why am I going to be a princess and go into whatever. Anyway, so I did the audition. I thought I did really bad, I'm not going to lie. That was the worst audition of my life because I was really nervous. But my freestyle saved me, as always, And about do my auditions. But um did the priest literally did a bit of this. Did some spinning. If you ask Nisha, actually, I remember I didn't. All I remember is just spinning, 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 and then Nisha Alia, shout out Nisha Alia, She was like, "Babe, all you did in that performance was spin, but it was so incredible." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's so good." Um, but yeah, so then I basically joined this group called Polyflex. I was with them for three years, and we performed at like the O2 Arena, did loads of other gigs, and like Birmingham and stuff. Performed with. An actor called Shahid Kapoor. He's a waste man.
1: <laughs>
0: no, do you know what it is, yeah? do be coming very... for
1: Shahid. I know. His <laughs> reputation precedes him. I'm but coming like... for
0: all the Bollywood stars, to be honest, because they have so much of this eliteness. There's yeah. that word again. That it's just a bit like, babe, calm down. You can't even dance. Like, So you have training for like three months. Yeah, let me just give you the tea. You do training for like three months, like intense.
1: Are you allowed to give the tea?
0: I'm not in no company. I'm not signed to no Bollywood. So I will give you team. You are. You're with LP. Um yes. <laughs> That's not body <laughs> No, it's
1: not, but we also work in Bollywood doing some gigs for other people.
0: That's okay. If they count me, it's fine. I've got my drag queens. That is me. true. There you go. But I'll never get cancelled. I'm too pretty. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um no, basically back to um back to <laughs> body flex honestly it was such an incredible incredible um time honestly because i was the youngest one but the team was so lovely let me, let me go back to, you, to more quickly. so when it comes to these actors it's like you're training for three months for solo and intensively then literally they come like two days before the show and then they change the whole everything, like literally everything and it's, it's simplified which is fine but also it just goes to show that like people's efforts, like Lena and others' efforts, they don't, they, like, the actors and actresses don't give a f. Like, they don't care. They see a move and they're like, "Mm, I don't want to do that. There's no no reason as to why they can't do it. They just don't want to do it. And then they have to change it. And I think stuff like that, it just goes to show that, like, some artists just don't care about people's creativity in art. And that's what really pisses me off about these artists. But then going back to Bodyflex as a whole, honestly, it was incredible. Like, Naz and Lena, their creativity, like I said, is a one, like, incredible. They put so much effort and time um, into creating, you know, beautiful pieces for people to watch. And the team in itself, like, there was a few of us, like me, Nisha, Ruben, Nikita. Um, We really, like, Cajal. had... Kajal. Huh? I, I didn't meet casual. then. How did you I know? didn't. No, Kajal only uh, came after ah. uh, when um, LBLB happened, is when I met Kajal. Because when Kajal left, so Kajal was in Body Flex before, but then when she left, I joined. Got it. But also, it's so funny, I don't know if I should say this, but like, when I drank, um I generally... So I knew Nikita from before, Sha and um, Nikki Ask and name, NC. Um, we, like, we went to audition together and everything. And then I remember there was this group of people that were just always like giggling and kiki khakiing all the time. And I was like, who are these people? Like, why are they not being like inclusive? Like I'm the youngest one. Like everyone should be like, oh my God. like, Y'all, thank you. Hi, did I get any of that? No. These bitches are just in the corner, like <laughs> every single week, and I'm like, why am I like being no mates? Those people were my dearly lovely friends. Now, Nisha, Rubin. um, who else was there that you might know at the time?
1: I know pretty much all of them. I think it's just y'all are the <laughs> ones that like I feel like are in the scene predominantly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But, like, you know, but also it's so crazy with moments like this because uh, when I just first started, these people were, like, not bitches, but they were bitches, you know? And na- now I'm part of that circle. So it's just fun. I'm not, not being a bitch, but, like, being friends. Um, and I think that, like, sometimes these, like, experiences where you see a whole 360 change is really, like, nice and beautiful, I guess. It doesn't make sense. That no, sense? it does.
1: And I also will say that I think out of both of the communities, which we're going to talk about like the dance culture and the drag culture and the queer culture. I I would say you're the nice one. Like you don't throw shade (laughs) unless you don't, like you're nice to people. You might do it behind their backs, I don't know why, but like
0: you're Yeah, is I think shading like, yeah, like you can shade people, but shading is quite harmless in the sense of like, you're not actually personally attacking someone.
1: Yes. Um, but and you, I think, some people can, and of some course, do
0: some people definitely do. And I think you need to have a backbone, yeah, in, the, in this industry, um, and not let people walk over you. So I think you need to know when to play them parts, yeah. If that makes sense. But I mean, sometimes you can't just always be a bitch and it works, yeah, but, but that's you're not. not me, yeah,
1: yeah, that's not you. I mean, Let's talk about dance um, and entertainment just in general, but like Bollywood and dance that is. Why, the three questions. Why do people who are not knowledgeable, be they brown, be they white, be they black, still box so many styles of South Asian culture? You can be Malayali, you can be Bengali, like folk dances, classical dances, everything. I don't understand mm. the perception that is made of, all of those dances into one summary that is Bollywood? Like even Ghana, I I don't understand that. Why do you think that is? Two, why do you think the Bollywood dance culture, I think there's some tiny shifts happening, but why is it so competitive? Why is it so clicky? And unnecessarily, dare I say the term bitchy sometimes, because you and I have experienced that. Mm -hmm. And wait, let's go with those two. And then I'll ask the third one.
0: Okay, so with the whole, like, the first question, I think maybe it's just to not separate, but, like, you know, because in each, each region, is it region? Yeah. Yeah. But like everyone speaks different languages. So maybe it's there for that, maybe. I don't know. Or people are just claiming their own shit, you know, that, like, Ghana is this, and then this is this, and I don't know. Does it irritate people, you? I was going to say, like, me personally, I don't think it does. No. Like, Yeah, no, if you want to say that and do that, then baby, by all means, do you, boo-boo. I think when it comes to Bollywood, though, when it comes to Bollywood, it's a difficult one because I do enjoy watching Bollywood, but the more, like, I've done, like, Bollywood movies and stuff, but the more that I've done it, the more it just pisses me off. Yeah. Which is really sad because that is my culture. It's something that, like, I have always aspired to, you know, be on these sets of and then you go on them and it's like well for press on press experiences it was one of the worst times of my life and I will never do it again which is so sad let's
1: talk about these sets what happens like we mentioned in terms of like the actor situation happens how people are treated how brown talent are treated and sometimes told to go to the back
0: okay so what happens is from my experience
1: <laughs> let's it, not
0: generalize let's it. not generalize because if you're fair skinned it's very different for you Um, but basically all right Um I, happens, I
1: have the same experience as you don't you worry we've been on sets yeah, together it's mad
0: so like the rehearsal period is amazing like get to know the team there's always like over 20 dancers anyway that are there so for like rehearsal wise incredible is amazing Like, what normally happens is all the South Asian dancers are put at the front of the rehearsal, probably to to show the white people how to actually do the music properly. But anyway, we're there. And then when it comes to the day of the filming, like, everything, like, the formation changes, all the dark-skinned short people at the back, and all the fair white people at the front. And also, one of my last sheets, my last sheet that I had, which is a few years ago now, just, like, how they treat you, like, and it's not even, like, the directors. It can even be, like, the costume people and the hair mm-hmm. and makeup people. Like, I was playing on a little bit of highlight on my face because, you know, I'm that non-binary finery. So, of course, even if I'm in the back of the shot, I still want to be looking cute. So I put, like, a bit of makeup on. They always start laughing and they're talking. Obviously, I don't really know, like, Hindi that well, but obviously I know they're talking about me. And I was like, first of all, this man looks very queer. So don't be coming at me laughing with your blue hair. First of all, don't do that. And then stuff like that, where it's like, if you're gonna say something, say it with the chest and say it in English, because maybe you and the, I can be uh, that racist bitch and say speak in English if if I wanted to. But I'm not gonna do that, you know. But I think stuff like that, where it's just like you have come, you have come here to do like a job you're just laughing at other people and just that environment I personally hey, I don't need any homophobic remarks I don't need to be in a space where like it's meant to be my space like I'm South Asian I'm brown I'm on a Bollywood set I should feel like I'm having the best time but I never do and, and well I say I never do but like the people that are performing with us the dancers with us I, I like help make it so much more better you know and another thing as well with that is that Indian men are like so jarring because basically from what happened that time I started crying to one of the dancers because I, I, I got a bit emotional and the guy like one of the main Indian dancers was like if you're going to go and um, do stuff like that go do it in the toilet Ganesh Acharya doesn't need to see you crying and I was like what is that what you do and then he was like yeah man doesn't cry man doesn't cry and I was like but I'm crying and I'm going to carry on crying. And also Ganesh Acharya is like so as well. I just like because people call him Sir Ganesh, you know, Sir, Sir, or whatever. And I'm thinking, Sir, but... There is
1: that thing of, you know, giving the directors and the choreographers that thing. Like, I get that because I used to do that as well. But my last question, and this is the last question we're going to talk about in terms of the Bollywood space, because I feel like we could do a whole three, four, five episodes on it, is I ask this of every brown person who's predominantly on the show, that, and especially having done a couple of projects with you, do you not feel, and I personally take to this as well, which is, I fail to understand why brown dancers specifically are only brought together for brown-based projects. Which is either, unless it's like a Bollywood gig or like specific cultural shows or films or things like that, music videos like, you know, the Joy, Joy, why did I say Joya? Joy Crooks or like Priya Ragu or Rajkumari or. You know, like brown based artists again with conceptual things on, you know, or like if it's a commercial it's that's doing like White identity,
0: basically. Yeah, right?
1: like nothing as opposed to Black dancers who can dance together without it being labeled as a universal. Do you know what I mean? As yeah. A I black it. experience or like mixed race or Filipino yeah. or East Asians or Italians or like I could go on with the list of things. And I, I fail to understand why agencies that we're assigned to still don't fathom that casting directors directors don't fathom that like very rarely will you see on a stage or on a show more than one brown person and if there's two of them or three of them it's specifically for something Mm -hmm. and yeah Uh, do
0: you know what i think maybe because our culture is so rich that like they have to unfortunately put us in that box like where it's okay we're gonna do like an Indian Bollywood wedding and that's the only time that we will be used it's not like they're gonna use I don't know I think because our culture is so rich and so pretty maybe that is I don't know so it is a difficult one but I think maybe we need to talk about it more maybe that's the problem we just don't speak on it
1: (coughs) does it irritate you or not really because I try and find
0: this Huh? 100% irritates me yeah
1: because i don't want to be boss i want to be able to do the same jobs as anybody else and mm-hmm. i don't also don't want to be a crying you know crying wolf here where it's just like oh my god like why 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 like it should just be stopped right? yes,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: let's talk about cabaret and drag yeah how did drag and cabaret come to be in your life, and what do you think about the scene? And then we'll talk about South Asian queer scenes.
0: So it's always a three sixty moment for me, I feel, because the first drag queen that I saw was an amazing human called Shay, Shay Shay. Um, they so we both did this um, tribute video for George Michael. Um, it was after. George Michael's, like, death anniversary thing, um, and that's when I met Shea and we got along really, really well. We had mutuals about well at the time, um, and then this is when, like, the bit and peach was just beginning to surf it, like, you know, come through and happen. Um, so they booked me for a few of their shows at The Glory. I'm trying to think of what their show was called. I think it was, like, Hey Hey Shea Shea, or, like, something to do with Shay Shay and they were picking me like every now and then before the band beach and then my other good friend, Miss Vivian Bam Bam, shout out Vivian, <laughs> she basically was saying that there was a competition called Lip Sync 1000 which is won every year by The Glory which is the queer pub and you get to win a thousand pounds. So yeah. I did that about two years ago and what happened, I won, Ching Ching. And uh, I guess from that, like my career kind of elevated. Like a lot, a lot of people from that show knew who I was. They watched my performances. They wanted to book me. And now I'm getting booked. I've got regular slots with all these people. You know, which is really incredible. So I've been doing that now for about what, like three years, four years. So my thoughts. <laughs> my thoughts. So basically. With cabaret spaces, it is so incredible because there's just so, there's so much. Like, it doesn't just stop at one place. you got drag kings, drag queens, drag things. Like, you've got singers, you've got poets. Like, the cabaret world are just a bunch of crazy artists, you know, and crazy in the sense of, like, good crazy is what I mean by that as well. Like, everyone, like, shows their identity through their work, through, like, their performance, which is the best thing. And you always get variety. You will always get something different and new, you know, in a cabaret space. I didn't realize growing up or like even at university and stuff, how beautiful these spaces are, like and how accessible they are, Does that make sense. Like mm-hmm. only until now am I appreciating it. And I think also because I'm so comfortable with myself and enjoying these spaces even more now, where I can I feel that I can either buy this be you know, um, be it amongst so many other bad as as well. It's not just me.
1: Let's talk about South Asian drag, which we had a personal conversation in regards to. And it goes back to kind of like being in entertainment or we were talking about a dance and being boxed. But do you feel the same in drag that if you're a South Asian or I I guess you can't speak for other people of colour, drag queens in there, but do you ever feel boxed that you have to have a specific performative style or because how the drag culture is, you have to be universal in your approach. So you can't do like, let's say the Asian songs and things like that. You have to do other things in order to be... booked. I
0: feel that like, for me, I kind of do have to box myself a little bit just because I've got a body... In my name sometimes. Yeah, how did that come
1: to be as well, by the way? Let's talk about that. I know, but let the people know.
0: What is in the name? Bolly illusion. Bali illusion. No. Um it was so I was with my ex at the time, um, and we were doing a tarot card reading. And I got the card beyond illusion, and it really resonated with me because at the time it was talking about like being you, but also like this like gender, fluid, and also like being the caterpillar and shedding into the butterfly, like all this stuff, which at the time really worked with with me. And I was like, instead of it being that like beyond, what do I like? What makes me me? And for some reason at the time, I thought body red. <coughs> um, and the illusion as well came also, because I also wanted to like, I think when people see me, it's like this illusion of like, I'm oh good, is that a boy or a girl? I am that illusion. So I wanted to, I wanted to like play on that as well. But now I'm kind of, I'm not regretting the name. But like, I just feel that like I've shot my foot a little bit sometimes, where I have to show my culture more than you know. I feel that I have to do sometimes. But that's just on a personal thing. I didn't have to like. Now I realise, me just performing in these stages or spaces, I'm already being that representation. You know, I don't need to go above and beyond and like do a whole Indian set. If I don't want to, but it's taken me a few months and years to realize I don't have to do that.
1: Um, by the way, you mentioned Bit and Peach earlier on. Let's just quickly yeah. let people know what Bit and Peach is about, and who the founders and what sort of work y'all do.
0: Yeah, so Bit and Peach is a pan-Asian, capital like this. Um, there's beautiful South Asian, East Asian, all the Asians, baby. And it's founded by Lily Snatch. Evelyn, Shayshay, Jason, and Mahatma. Yeah, they've been doing bits. Like, honestly, these lot are iconic. Like, they give us so many castings. They look after us. They pay us three figure figures, you know. It's not two anymore, baby, it's three. So, yeah, like, it's really good. Like, we go for, like, dinners and outings. They really look after us, and... We are a really cute family in that sense. And it's I feel like it's growing all the time.
1: Yeah, you we guys have, have the Peach
0: Fuzz or whatever, the new... I was going like- to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, actually, I'm actually doing it next week. I'm mentoring a new Peach Fuzz. So Peach Fuzz is like the new cabaret artists that want to come through and join and shake their booty and and stage. And I have like... I'm basically mentoring someone. I don't know who they are yet. I'm the best mentor of... That week, anyway. Sorry, Khajo. This is the first! (laughs) I'm working on my toe. Why am I getting ill? Is this Corona?
1: I think it's just because you're tired. You've been working a lot.
0: Yeah, that's true. No, yeah. uh, So, yeah, basically.
1: (laughs) You're a person who's very comfortable in your skin. You're not afraid to also like make mistakes and own up to shit in a way that is not like oh pity me or like you know I'm humble or things like that like there's there's a there's a very easiness comfortability and confidence to you which I want to know where it comes from and I've also seen a sensitive side of you but I also want to know who gets to share and experience the highs and the lows of you
0: I think it's, it's actually my grandparents like I think being around amongst my family, especially my grandparents growing up, they were very open. They were very religious, but, like, very open. If you take the religious aspect away and just keep the openness there, I think because I was around that, and, if, like, I was very camp as a child, very feminine. I think they still allowed, there was only one auntie that, like, she was a bitch, and I can say that, from my, from my own personal stuff. But, like, she was the only one that was, like, so passive-aggressive and so just Angry and just annoying with my being. Everybody else kind of knew what I was about or saw my isms, like my, my mannerisms, but just allowed me to be. And like I think with my grandparents, my like my parents' siblings and so my aunt, my other aunts and uncles, some of them haven't had the best. Like like um I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to like say it in the best way like they didn't confine to what my grandparents told them. So, like, you know, one of them like married to, from like outside of the religion. She like ran away, all that type of stuff. Like from that and knowing that from my family, I think that kind of gave me the confidence. Or that auntie in particular gave me that confidence to know, actually, I come from a family where okay, they my grandparents or my family didn't like this at first, but now like we're still like you know she's now part of the family and all that type of stuff. Like my cousins. Long story short, uh, when they were born, because they're like they're half Malayali, half something else. We, when they were born, the rest of my family didn't want to like know them or you know get be introduced to them. But now, like when my grandparents were alive, those cousins were the ones that like looked after my grandparents a lot and like was actually there for them. Um, so I think from that from that aspect, I've always just been like you know what, however, whoever I am, however I may live my life my family and my intermediate family even though they can't be silent supporters will always have my back so I think from that I've always had that confidence and also like I had a lot of shit growing up when I was younger in school where like it wasn't like I never like physically was abused but verbally I was and I think sometimes that could be worse but I realized that like I I never like I never was that quiet you know like even then I was quite loud I tried to like you know, fuck off, shut up, like, all these boys, I tell them to, you know, do one. I had a really strong support system, and I think that's what it was growing up. Yeah, they were all black girls as well. I just think that I had really strong people around me to have my back when I needed it, basically. And maybe that's why. And yeah, and I think I just changed my, the best advice I got from my best friend, sister, was someone can say something, say something to you within, like, five seconds, like, Are like all gays need to die, for example. And you can keep that, and that can keep playing in your brain over and over and over again, and that can like literally destroy you. Or you can see it as that person has taken five seconds out of their day to cuss you out or say something or do something. It's literally five seconds that they've now forgotten that they've moved on with their time. You also can do that same thing. So now, what I do is when someone is passive aggressive or rude or homophobic, whatever it may be, I just see it as wow, you've wasted five seconds of your time, bye, you know? So it's kind of like, take it into one ear and put it in the other. And I strongly believe that, like, that saying has helped me so much, especially when it comes to like, being in drag on the tube and stuff, and someone can say something or well, look at you and I don't, to me now, that doesn't affect me. But now mm. I'm stronger than yesterday. i say that, I think maybe it's a cultural role, but I think it's like the, individ- the individual people a part of our
1: culture,
0: yeah. We are the ones I guess we have to change because I think saying that, I'd not, never say never. Let me erase what I just said. I think it will change, it's just going to take like another 10 years because saying that now on Netflix, there's so much queer Indian stuff
1: programming, yeah.
0: Like, what the hell? How is there so much TV programs to do with queerness, but on Netflix, but then with void movies where they're making. Money,
1: there's like maybe like two or three. Or like money. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> You're talking in regards to like support and your family. And I love asking this question of people, which is if you, t- I think like the key to being confident or to keep the key to like not overthinking things is often at times like having a good support system, right? That's a pillar. If you don't have that, having like sort of like fuck you I'm confident and knowing who you are like having that grit or having a deep connection to like spirituality be that Mm. religion be it faith be it whatever it is I think those are the three pillars to like a really healthy mindset and my question to you is this though you've had ups and downs if not I if we took away like your support system if we took away your confidence and your grit and let's say your culture your faith and all those things would you still continue to do what you're doing today and not had a lot of like successes or things in life like had basically a struggling path
0: yeah I think I would still do the same thing I wouldn't I think my life is my own book right and I strongly believe in having no regrets regardless what happens in your life because sometimes your struggles generally make you who you are as well you know um and also it's not about like of course your support system is there but that doesn't mean they do everything for you a lot of the time you've got to do a lot of shit yourself yeah. and even with support systems like my girls or my friends could say don't do this bitch I'm gonna still do it <laughs> like I and, may and know that as well you know and I think it's a lot of, of that thing of like friends will tell you to not do things because they've got your back but then like for me anyway I'll still do it and so I'll have to learn the lesson like my friends would say the hard way but that's just the choice I have i have like decided to take so it goes yeah it goes without saying I wouldn't I still do what I'm doing completely with the struggles without them yeah
1: and in regards to let's move on to like talking about sexuality and identity and knowing some of your story where would you say you are today in that be it gender be it performative be it spiritual and how was that journey for you in realizing like I now say I am queer as opposed to saying other acronyms because I think it's owning that narrative and owning the nuances that comes with queer sexuality and queer identity Mm -hmm. so yeah how about yourself
0: I'm the same I actually I never knew the difference between queer and gay until like last year early then and then like yeah i'm not that but to be honest however you call me you call me i'm a human at the end of the day but when it comes to gender it's not just one thing if that makes sense to me so it's ever growing and i i am i believe that i'm like non-binary trans but like there could be there could be days where i'm just like you know what fuck it like i'm just gonna be mandem today my mandem zone and vibe is i call that incognito so when I wear like, you know, the road it's like my roadman attire. So I've got my waist like, man,
1: waist mountings. Waist man things,
0: so that yeah, I think everything is always like ever growing in that in that aspect of things. But yeah, right now today I say I'm queer, non-binary trans. It's funny, when I came out to my auntie, she was like, Oh, we thought you were trans. Like and I was like, Okay, so me being trans is okay, but me being gay or queer is not. I mean, I don't know. All very confusing, but like I just think everyone has their opinion. I'm not I'm not living. One thing that I said to my mum, coming out when I came out was she was like, "Oh my God, everyone's gonna like everyone's gonna be so disappointed and upset." And I was like, "But I'm not living for everybody else. I'm living for my own happiness, and for me." And I strongly believe that like if someone has a problem or they don't like it, like one of my other cousins was like, oh, I just don't understand it. Like me and mum did not understand what what's happening." And I'm like but you don't need to, like, this is not your life. You've got a child, you've got a husband, you've got a house. Like, you don't need to understand what I'm going to all you need, to, All you need to do is just be there for me. And so, yeah, I always strongly believe as well, that like, if someone says, oh, I don't understand, just say, you don't need to, because they don't. Like, so yeah, that's what I say. I feel like I am better chance every day, but dating um, isn't that hard. I think it's harder. I mean, okay, dating in terms of like, what, what, what? what? I'm trying to say, it, like, because you know, I've got like extra ears in this house. I live with my family, but when it comes to I think sometimes personally, I don't, I don't mind it because I can sometimes be in the mood, you know, and so when I'm in the mood, then let's go let's go let's you know let's have a fun but i think sometimes it gets to a point where like a lot of guys like shit and like they want to get to know you but like it's just getting to know you before they get into your you know um and i think that's what pisses me off because it's like i can hold out because i get we're getting to know each other but then as soon as the deed is done the seed has been planted you know all of that like that that spark kind of dies out and it finishes so I think in my dating life what I, what I want to find next is someone who is like just different from everybody else and someone who the, the flame can stay there a lot of the flame gets burnt out um, after a few weeks months you know how it is and then we all say yeah I'm not going to go on the grid on the grind you know then you jump back on it again and it's, it's just a circle for me yeah. and I've realised as well sometimes like in terms of that like with me I kind of felt a bit bad sometimes after I did the deed because I feel just a bit, like, used and abused. But now I'm just like, oh, whatever, man. Like, we all have our needs. And if anything, I'm going to get very personal.
1: Oh, that's it.
0: Um, We know, you know, that we have tops, bottoms, versus all that.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I was so adamant back in the day that I was, like, a power bottom and, like, you know, I'm going to twerk it back at it and all that stuff. Yeah, but now... (laughs) my little pancakes, but now it's like, I'm getting really like masculine men wanting me to like, you know, top them. And never in my life have I had so much fun. And now I'm really like owning that. So like, I don't want to say that I'm the best button, but I'm the best bottom. <laughs> so yeah, it's very much that like, and I think with that, with the whole sex thing, I know a lot of virgins that are my age and that are in you know that are our friends and stuff who are still virgins and I really I respect and I love that so much because I think it's so rare rare to find that, you know? Which I think we don't talk about enough. About like being older and being virgins, you know.
1: What is the future for Body Illusion, the name, the brand? Where do you see it going? And outside of Bolly Illusion, if you would like to, you don't have to, what imprint would you like to leave?
0: Okay, so there's going to be nothing for Bolly Illusion after this. i have to try with okay. my... Okay. Bolly, yeah, Bolly's being cancelled by the whole of the Bollywood industry. That's what's going to happen.
1: Fuck, fuck the Bollywood
0: try, industry. Strad Kapoor's people are going to find me and kill me. So that's what's happening. Um, do you know what? A lot of things I'm doing Glastonbury, ah, so like that's really really exciting for me. I'm doing a lot of festivals actually. Um, well, I say a lot, but like three low. Um,
1: so this summer,
0: I yeah, just a few projects, doing a lot of auditions for a few things. That you might see me on TV, you know. Oi, oi, or, oi. Oi, do you say oi oi? oi, oi, oi. Oh, yeah, very, very that. But else? Yeah, more shows at like The Glory, East London, all of that. To be honest, I'm someone that, you know, when people ask you, like, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? It's a really difficult question because I generally am living in the and it sounds like, like, cliche and grace.
1: No, no, no. I agree with that. Like, I'm just living in the moment. I can't think of
0: it. A... Very. Like, we are freelance artists, darling. We yeah. can't plan this Like, you can plan it next week and then things get cancelled and rebooked, booked you know? Um so I'm just trying to make sure I'm living healthy. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I have a strong relationship with my with my parents. Keep that bond. Um, I see myself moving out. Yeah, as well. So if anyone has any leads in East London and is still watching this, hello like your boy. Yeah, and yeah, knowing you, Mister Ray, is something that I'm to keep my own. Um, yeah, I'm just growing with my art, I guess. I want to actually do more, like, theatre shows mm-hmm. and, like, actually produce a solo. I mean, I do produce solo shows, but perform it in a grand stage, you know, like, sadly, Wells or something. You will. And that's it, really. The crowd just get it. They just understand you, like... You know, even when I do my show sometimes at a low-paid gig, like, a South agent will come up to me and be like, thank you for representing me, you know? So it's stuff like that, which you won't get when it comes to money, you know? So it's that balance, and I think I have that now, and I've I've learned the difference. Sometimes you just got to do the gig for the money, and then sometimes you got to do the gig for that validation, which I think another thing is, well, I'm not living for validation. Like, sometimes I am in terms of my own validation, but like from other people's validation, I'm learning, to so I, I don't need that, you know? Um, so yeah.
1: I'm here for the top situation. Um. Two quick questions, and then we're gonna play some games. Okay, so answer it within the next few minutes. Curating shows, you've done a, you've done, not just one, you've done a couple curations, haven't you?
0: I've done like, I looked at my outside view the other day, and I think I've done, it's coming up to like 20
1: shows. Curating shows, show. what do you know now versus what you before you knew, like in your first showcase, what would you have been like? Oh, my God, you should have done this. And what advice would you give? And that's the first question. The second question is in digital space and branding. Now, this this world that we live in where it's no longer, I think it's transferred over to a more apparent, right? Whereas, wait, are we the same age? 31, were you?
0: Uh, I would never. I'm taking thirty seven. <laughs> <laughs> you're younger
1: but in terms of like I remember when we like were coming up because we're kind of of the same generation I'm just trying to like piggyback off you there was yeah. not a lot of um, there was not a lot of ways for you to be seen right so I think like having a profile and having a presence in the digital space can sometimes help you but whether that transfer transfers over into actual work I have yet to find that like my relationship with digital media is like so cricky because of my mental health, but mm-hmm. I see the ups of it and I see the has of it. How would, how do you utilize that? And what advice would you give to somebody who wants to be able to do that, but transfer over that into actual work? So like, let's say, you know how you want to put on a show into Sadler's Wells,
0: mm-hmm. how does
1: you posting pictures and videos and doing gimmicks, everything, or just doing Bollywood videos covers and things like that how does that transfer over into the work that you want to be doing
0: Mm, okay so when it comes to the advice I give myself in terms of creating shows and stuff is to not rely on anybody that you can have a team and you can have people to give you advice um, and to help you with certain things but like when it comes to actually doing the body of work so like making the not really the post style but like making the actual event speaking to the producer not producers speaking to the directors of venues and all that stuff you really have to do it yourself and I think the best thing to do for that is just reach out to loads of venues tell them what your show is and I think if you're a person of colour this is the best time to really go out there and like own these spaces and you know, if you do have an idea for a share in your career, then reach out to these directors. I think a lot of them use Facebook as well, I'm not going to lie. Even I was like, what? He uses Facebook, but these old white men be using Facebook Messenger rather than WhatsApp. So, yeah, like go, get onto your Facebook for that. Another thing as well is, like, build your network um, of creatives and people, but keep it buried. Like, have a different network. So have, like, I don't know, like I have like my East London people, my Soho people, my Bollywood people, my white people, you know, um, have all of that in that sense, um, which kind of helps me out. And I um, have a diary. One of my besties card was like, invest in a diary. That's one of the best things I have done from that. Um, and yeah, I think just owning your night. Like, I think for me, I was so scared about hosting because I'm so used to dancing and being on the mic, I, yeah, I've just learned to be more comfortable and myself on the mic. Before I would say, so like, oh, but now I'm more comfortable.
1: Oh, didn't say that. I was like,
0: now you're like, here I am. Oh, yes, people eat your heart out. That's what he does, isn't
1: it? I wish there one day there's like drag South Asian drag queens on there. Because, like, I have, other than Priyanka in Canada, like, I have yet to see one. I don't know I why.
0: We'll hopefully, Mistos is on next season.
1: Hopefully. But manifest on that. Yeah, but isn't she going to do her PhD? I thought Raheem's just. She, she's gonna...
0: doing her PhD now at the moment.
1: She's doing her PhD must... whilst doing all of this. Go on, Raheem.
0: I know. I know. She's a crazy cat, but she's intellectual.
1: She's the intellectual.
0: intellectual one. I'm the sluggy one.
1: I yeah I I don't I've said this to you all the time and I've said this to Rahim. I don't know how Raheem has the mind that she he they they have they have yeah
0: he, he, they all of them yeah, yeah I would
1: just I would just like to fight you I don't have comebacks I don't have anything let's just go outside let's just fight let's yeah. just fight that's all I need to do
0: okay digital space is I think for me I've always believed in Instagram being your vision board your storyboard whatever you want to put on there, you put on there. I think, yeah, like when it comes to dance videos and stuff, it's like, I don't know, okay, so for me, a lot of people reach out to me because they see my work through Instagram, blah, blah, blah. But I wouldn't say, I like, you have to do it every week or every other day, you know? I think you can't even just have, like, three videos on there and then three videos will be able to show your work to a booker. <laughs> and then if they want more, footage then you can give it to them or you can show them you know you don't have to always use Instagram or these social platforms to just show that and I think it's also important to show your struggles as well I mean I don't know if I do that that much but like I'm quite transparent on my feed I want to I show people that I'm also normal I'm not just this facade and this oh my god hashtag ad you know there's more to it than that and I think people need to push that down more because Mental health is a serious thing and social media, you can't go into a black hole with that, you know? So it's important to balance it all out. Let's play some games. Are you ready to play?
1: We're basically, we're going to play some games and if you don't want to play them, okay, play with Rai, you set your All right. The first oh. section of this game is, make this very quick. Make this very quick. Yeah. Um, the first section is called If I Was, okay? So if you were a movie, what would the title of your movie be? Go. Ho. Hey. Just a ho or just ho? No, just ho. Hey, with, with a full set. Just ho. What would yeah. the title song be in five, four, three, two, one? Original song for ho
0: is... Slags are us. You are a slag. I am a slag. That is a slag.
1: Slags are us.
0: Slags are us.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's like toys are us, The slags are us. What would the storyline be?
0: So it would be, basically, I you know, enjoy having sex, basically, the storyline. And what happens is I fuck uh, my best friends, man, in the story. But it's not me. It's not like Body Legion Anthony. The person's going to be like Anissa.
1: Got it. And who's going to star in this movie as Anissa?
0: I'd probably get um okay I'm not calling them a slag, I'm not.
1: But I'd thing. probably get
0: uh one of my trans buddies,
1: Bloom. Okay to be
0: to Great. be that character. Yeah.
1: And who's starring opposite Bloom?
0: Um my good friend Ruben. Because
1: <laughs> I think i am in Keto, you
0: know, favorite.
1: I'm here for this. I want to see that film. If you were if a food, what would you be? Born biryani. If you were a colour, what would you be? Lilac. If you were a drink, what would you be? Hot water. It, really? I thought you were going to say Prosecco. If you were a fashion trend, what would you be? I am really a fashion trend, darling. If you were a clothing <laughs> item, what would you be? A dong. If you were a dessert, what would you be?
0: Um, a, a cheesecake.
1: <laughs> what were you going to say before? Don't worry.
0: Next question. <laughs>
1: just say it. Just say it. It's the first no,
0: I was that- going to try to think of it like a sexual innuendo. Oh. But it just didn't didn't fit
1: okay if you were a <laughs> plant or a flower what would you be
0: can i say really
1: sure yeah and yeah. if you were a perfume what would you smell like four three two one go uh
0: Britney Spears okay
1: <laughs> just like
0: no, say shit. why did i say Britney Spears no that is see the pressure i was gonna say a million because <laughs> i'm
1: brand. no no no. I'm <laughs> no no you're gonna smell like Britney Spears my idol have you ever is the next section okay have you ever farted whilst performing or on set?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction?
0: Yeah, jaw will be falling off, yeah.
1: You do know you can tell stories quickly if you want to. Have you ever hooked up with a fan or somebody who DM'd you? Yes. Have you ever hooked up with a fellow artiste? Yes. No, actually,
0: actually, I actually
1: haven't. Banthony? I
0: like, what can I say about it? I can't remember. Okay. Probably, I probably have.
1: Okay, have you, have you ever flirted to get ahead? Not ahead? ahead, ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, I have. Yeah.
1: Uh, have you ever peed in a pool? Yeah. Have you ever forgotten choreo and literally froze, not improv, but froze? No. Okay. Have you ever done a gig just for the sake of money and regretted it and sliced somebody off?
0: Yeah, I know both.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh. Most overrated and underrated. When I was doing this with Nikita, you were like, I was really coming for people, and now I'm coming for you. So you gotta out some people. Most overrated and underrated
0: drag queen. Go. Oh my god. Most overrated drag queen, I would say. You don't
1: have to answer, but I would bag like of chips,
0: bag of chips, underrated drag queen. I would say Miss Asia Thorne.
1: Okay, most overrated <laughs> and
0: underrated dancer. Underrated dancer, I would say someone called Bruno. Shout out, Bruno. We don't um, talk about Bruno. Bruno, talk about Bruno. No, no. Overrated dancer, and ah!
1: <laughs> 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 Okay, I'm just gonna literally record this section and put it on Instagram today. <laughs> we all know she's not overrated Uh, most overrated and underrated choreographer
0: overrated Kenneth Acharya (laughs) fuck you underrated um, Lina Bissau why do people say Lina is underrated she is not underrated I was thinking that yeah she's actually not underrated she's like doing her bits right now She's known in the industry very well, and she gets- I just tried to plug, that's my sister, I had to plug her. Um, yeah. Who else is there? Okay, let me change it then.
1: No, no, it's um, fine. If you think she's underrated, that's fine by me. No, but I, I'm to
0: think of another, like, South Asian, Indian-
1: They also don't need to be South Asian, they can be the other- like, you know,
0: I know, but, you know, we got to you know, stick stick her in. Represent. Actually, no, but also, she's quite well-known. I think they're patients. He's no. like, but she's amazing as well.
1: Yeah. Okay, we'll move that- on from this question yeah. until we yeah. think.
0: Um, most <laughs>
1: overrated and underrated performance artist? Underrated
0: performance artist is Glamourou.
1: Okay. I think underrated. Glamourou has a lot. Book out, which has done very
0: well. She's in, she's in America right now as well. Do you, do you um, understand what oh, underrated I know, means? I know, I yeah, I do, I do. Uh, maybe I just know too many, like, of them people. If you say I'm, a
1: lock as underrated right now, I will literally be like, I don't think you understand. Oh
0: my God, no, no, okay, okay, fine, I'm fine. Performance artist then, let me say, okay, I'm going to say, because also, I don't know if they, their title is, Performance, performance artists. Got it. But I'm just going to say, um, they, they're like performance artists and drag king. Brentwood, overrated. Just because they're my friend, I'm going to say Shiba. <laughs> a performance artist? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I
1: don't what, know. They're,
0: they're just a director now, yeah. yeah so
1: they've, they've moved up. They've moved up. No longer. Sorry about it. Yeah, no Sorry about it. Um, most overrated and underrated film?
0: Um, overrated film, I would say, is. Oh, The Notebook.
1: Okay, underrated.
0: Underrated is um, A Wonderful Afterlife.
1: Most overrated and underrated song or artist?
0: Okay, underrated artist. Oh my God, Um, Shivam Sharma. Okay. Because everything's got a new album out as well, and EP, whatever it's called. Their voice is like water. Overrated is, I would say, Miss Cardi B.
1: Wow. Okay. Best and worst costume you've ever had.
0: Best um has been this new outfit the green one two piece I've worn. The worst is every outfit Reuben has given me.
1: <laughs> best and worst job or gig you've ever had?
0: Uh best gig I've had has to be a Joy quicks music video Um and the worst has to be that Bollywood movie one with Ganesh Charya.
1: best and worst advice that you have given
0: best advice is uh if you get negative uh, advice ignore it basically uh worst advice is if you get someone say something to you ignore it
1: okay best and worst advice that you have taken
0: um actually you so said best.
1: your best which was your friend who said that five seconds yeah. which i thought was really good
0: the worst is like uh, punch someone in the face because I don't believe
1: in violence selling. I do. I probably gave you that advice.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, only... I'm going to read you out some names of your friends. Okay, if these people were to come up with a book, what would the title of that book be? Think of it quickly, the first things get, get in your head, okay? <laughs> if um Vivian, aka Bam Bam, comes out with a book, what would the title
0: of that book be? How to be 101, the, the queerest gay feminist person to be.
1: That's a long title. If Ocean was to come out with a book. I was from Black Women.
0: If Sherelle was to come out with a book. Um, How to Roll a Spliff in 10 Different Ways. Ruben Bindia. Um, Bindia, my name is Bindia. Bindia from India.
1: There's a show. There's a show. Ruben create that show. Hi, I am arts. That is very move,
0: true. Yeah, I was going to say move, move aside art attack, but let's just say like I am arts. I am yeah.
1: There's a t shirt in there, Kajal. You need to make it. Nikita.
0: Mm-hmm. I suck every single director's dick to get my job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you coming for her
0: today? <laughs> I'm coming for Nikki because it's just so easy to come for Nikki and, like I love her so much. Uh, Raheem. Raheem, I'm actually not a bitch. I'm just a virgin.
1: Uh, Shiva.
0: Queer Paravad is a lie. <laughs>
1: you know you're getting into bed but this is the activity section now i am so sorry to interrupt but we were just doing the section which is called sip a chai and play with rai and in the game sections of the show there are some segments which are visuals so it would not have made sense on podcast form so if you would like to watch any of the visuals Or the video simply go to YouTube and just type in Chai with Rai to find the relevant episode. Also I will link everything in the bio or the description below. But without further ado, let's get back to the end of the show. So well my done, by the way for all of the games. I really appreciate that.
0: I know I am a game boy the so Um so the peak for me, which is the highest grade, was winning uh GameSign 1000 competition. There's actually two winning GameSign 1000. And then also performing at this event called Pussy Palace, which is like queer. Say, like, I, hmm?
1: Pussy Palace is just like I still have yet to be.
0: I'm gonna just come to the next one with me. I'll, I'll message you about it. But like them two spaces because it was like when I when I performed or won Lipsing Thousands, I there was so many white people in the audience, and because it was a white show, like it kind of put it into perspective for me that I still got it from like back in the day because I was always doing competitions before, but to be in a new crowd where it's not Asians and white people, et cetera, et cetera, that like, I've never had such a, like a response like that before in my life. Even Cardi and Artie, who are on backing dances for that, were like, honestly, like, it was actually like a movie. It was so incredible. And yeah. then but pretty honest, the reason why it was a value for me was because it was the same thing, but with like people of color, but all queer, trans, you know, like all being baddies. but I got that response. So it goes, like, it showed me that, like, my art is speaking for itself and I'm getting the right validation. Like, you're not gonna get that every single time, you know, Mm -hmm. like, audience reactions are always different. So I've just realized that I've had that peak audience reaction. If I don't get it again like that now, it's fine because I've had it out where it's like, you know, taking me, taking me to, you know, heights without smoking. Yeah. I think a low point for me is kind of like high school and uh, a lot of shit that happened um, and like how much that affected me without me saying anything. But also showing that like I didn't tell a lot of people certain stuff, but I don't need to. Like I don't need to wear my trauma or my shit on my sleeve basically yeah. and just make that an everyday problem. Just learn to like move on from it and know that you can grow it in your own accord. What words of wisdom would you give to your mirror self today? You are beautiful. You are powerful. And you are the badest be. And also, happy Good Friday, because Jesus died for us today. For For me to be gay. Jesus Jesus died so I could be gay. That's a lot. I don't know if I can put that in the (laughs) show. Happy Easter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Catholic. I'm probably
1: going All right. The next section is a new section I added because we all love a good rant. It's called yeah. Bitch Don't. Okay. Where basically mm-hmm. you have 30 seconds to rant about anything and everything that you want to. Um, mm-hmm. You either need to start with saying Bitch Don't or end with Bitch Don't. Okay. Do you yeah. want me to give you a second or you know what you're gonna rant about? I
0: know I'm gonna rant about. All right. In four, three, two, go. Bitch. Do not come for me in the toilet and misgender me in the toilet when I am in the cubicle, and you're asking me, "Oh my God, this guy's a dick." Clearly, you want to see my dick, and you probably want to suck it. So next time, just say you want to have some cock in your mouth, and I'll give that to you. Because more time, these guys that do have a problem just want to fuck me, or they want me to fuck them. So hold me next time.
1: Two, one. You are done. <coughs> well done. Thank you so much for that i appreciate this thank you ryan after how many reschedules <laughs>
0: <laughs> how I, many- know, I commit I, i'm still committing baby you still I'm committing to bedtime with Vi. well everyone that brings us to an
1: end and i hope you enjoyed that i want to say a massive thank you to the guest for their time All of the information about the guest, myself, and the show will be listed in the bio. Make sure to follow, share, comment, and subscribe. Show us all some love. Because isn't that what we want at the end of the day? Some love. Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow and the people that are on here. Thank you again. And as I always say, breathe in, breathe out. Namaskar, Which means now I must go. I own that. That is copyrighted. And I will sue. (laughs) Joking. Have a great one and stay curious till next time.